Okay, thank you. Okay, so interesting postscript to the share we had before Pesach. We were talking about the mysterious city of Luz and the Rav Dessler, what it represented in terms of the Kayach HaChesed that he did. And he built it, I don't know exactly where he built it, uh, seemed to be an indication he left Eretz Yisrael and built in the Chutzlaretz. There was definitely a corresponding city of Luz still in Eretz Yisrael, the one that was originally spoken about in Chumash. And he rebuilt another one, and in that Malcolm, nobody died, and they lived a long time, and he settled there with his family, Lederi Deris. So we discussed the fact that it's a bit unusual. There are many acts of chesed far greater than this. He didn't even talk according to Amadam, or he just made a remez. Probably wanted to claim that he wasn't really cooperating with the enemy in case they catch him. He still got schar for the fact that the Yidin were able to conquer it, is able to find the door. And all the Mepharshim say that for an Akum who's still an Ovid of Azara, which for all assumptions he was, because otherwise perhaps he would have stayed in Yisrael, not Mukhuch, could be he went because he didn't want the other guy to gang up on him and for being a, a quote-unquote traitor. But Lamaisa, if he wasn't Makabal, and the indications are that he wasn't, he can't get Schar Berlamaba, so all the Schar has to be Berlamazer. And it gives you a small glimpse into how much schar we're going to get Belam Haba if he needed a city where he and a family in the Sujit Sens could live for Derideris. And that's just the schar for the schar he can't get Belam Haba. So it can make your own Kavachimers. He brought his family. He said him and his family. It sounds like he brought his family. I mean, that was part of the promise, similar to Rochav. And. The schar sounds incredible and residual and long life and apparently a lot of covered and everything that came along with it. But that was instead of the schar ba'ilum haba and the Ramban's description. These are, are mind-boggling concepts, but important to to know and keep in mind in terms of schar va'inish. The Ramban says that the einish, the schar is always even a bigger ratio than the Einish, but the Einish is so much more amplified in Gehenim. His Lushan is one hour of Gehenim is worse, Rachmal than all Yusuri Eiv for Eiv's whole life. That's one hour, one hour of Gehenim. So we never look for Einshim and Kamparas and we always ask for Midas Arachamim, but if a person is going through the proverbial putting his hand in his pocket looking for a quarter and he keeps getting a nickel if anybody carries those and then anything else besides that and the person has Yisurim Le'eleinu we still say Le'eleinu because we want the Mizrachmim we should have the Kapara with Yisurim that we can handle as little as possible but Lamaisa the ratio of 1 to 10 1 to 100 1 to 1,000 1 to a million whatever that ratio is it's still better Ba'ilam Hazer than Ba'ilam Abba, which is what the Sfarim talk about. Why is it considered bloodshed if a person ends somebody's life uh, a minute or 10 seconds before it's supposed to? The answer is it's still Ritzicha, there's no minimum shear. Even if a person is Le'elenu, uh, not conscious or in a respirator, and 
looks like they can't possibly accomplish anything in this world, that looks like they're suffering, active euthanasia is still absolutely usher. And we still do everything to save their life because we don't know what the chashpenis are and we don't know what one minute or ten seconds of suffering is, lumas, the elam uh, haba, and the taking away from the possible Gehenim. So people think incorrectly, Gehenim is maximum 12 months. How bad can it be? Ramban says one hour is more than all Yisuri Eiv. And Chazal saying the positive side, all the Anas, put everything together, all the moments, for the whole lifetime is not worth Sha'achas Belamaba on the positive side. So that's uh, it's a big thing in the, the Chavetz Chaim, the Be'er Locha, in Hilcha Shabbos. And he talks about the Chiv to Michal Shabbos for somebody who is in Sakana Le'elenu or to extend life. So the Birlocha starts with the famous Gemara, Chalel of Shabbos Achas Kadei Shishma Shabbos Harbe. That's the most common in terms of the quoted reasons why. But the Birlocha proves, and nobody disagrees with this, is even if Lu Yitzur, the person, can't keep any more Shabbos, Lu Yitzur, they can't keep any mitzvahs. He starts the Shabbos, he says, well, maybe it's any mitzvahs. He can think about tshuva. It's also a mitzvah. There can be masakim, many mitzvahs. He says, at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with that. Even if he's not conscious, and if he can't think of anything, and even if he can't do any mitzvahs, and even if he's not going to make it to another Shabbos, the din is, you're still Mechal Shabbos, even if you can start getting the crane and moving things off of him, and he can live another few minutes. Ah, uh, it's not Chalel of Shabbos, and he can't do any more mitzvahs, and he can't think, and he can't, uh, as the guy would say, he can't play tennis, and he has no value of life, and it's irrelevant. If you can prolong life a short moment, you can make Chalel Shabbos for that. He says, the Iker Drosha is v'chai behem, not the Svara of Chalel of Shabbos, Mark quotes a few different reasons. He says, the Iker Psach is based on v'chai behem. Leilin, it shouldn't be Nogea, but uh, these Shailas come up these days. And the Be'er is very clear. There's nothing to do with what we think they can accomplish. They can't accomplish. And you put the Ramban, where he talks about Gehenim and Yisurim, you, uh, you take the Chazal that talks about uh, one minute Be'er The Cheshbenis are very deep and they're not ours to make. And we just have a dinner of a Chaybehem. That's the, that's the godless of always remembering that there's Adam Haba, there's Gehenim. Unfortunately, this fellow, nice guy, he, well, saved his own skin, and he allowed them in. They were able to conquer the city of Luz, and he got incredible schar that was residual for uh, for eternity, but that was just Lumas the Haba. Again, gives us the glimpse of what the real schar is. So that was the discussion about Luz, and we saw the Rav Desla that he spoke about the tie-in of Chesed and the fact that Shlomo Melech wanted to accomplish by moving his two trusted servants in the Malchamavis was sad, and he thought he was sad because he had to take their life, and really he was sad they were in the wrong place and they had to get to the gates of Luz. Shlomo Melech wanted to see how this would work, and he tells two Seirim to quickly transport them to Luz where they won't die, and as he's going, 99% of the job is done, the flight is almost over, he gets to the gates of Luz and they die. And Shlomo says, you see that a person's legs are an array for where he's supposed to be, and at the end of the day, Bashert is Bashert, and Hashem will insist that his legs get him where he's supposed to be. And the next day, the Malachamovis was happy, 
And Shlomo Alch understood that the real plot was to get them where they're supposed to be, and Shlomo actually helped them get there. Dessler, if you recall, tied it in with the assumption of Shlomo Melch that they had been on such a high madrega, they would be able to go from their Avoida and their Teira and their Kedusha in the court of Shlomo Melch and go elsewhere to further their Chesed, and the danger is between the Teira and the Chesed. You have to make sure you don't get lost in between. And Lamaisa, the Gemara and Sukkah, which he was bringing down, says that you could daven and should daven and plan and try your best and understand that whatever happens is still Bashert and your legs are going to take you where Hashem wants you to be. So a fascinating postscript of this is a famous Maisa where Rab Chaim, Levitz, uh, was giving a special drosha. He was famous for, he was from the Gaina uh, Europe, and she was the mir, famous for Shirm, and later became very famous for his shmuzim. We have the Sichas Musers, one small safer, which one small safer certainly made a tremendous version on uh, Klai Yisrael, as did Rabchaim himself his entire life. And he was asked to give a shear and a drush on Divis Eris as a schus for the ailing Briskarov. Details of the story are very, very fascinating. And he said the following drusha, which became famous. People don't realize this drusha was said at this particular time. But he examined the three Rashis in Chumash. Rashi points out three times and never says, Betzim Hashem is answering, is being done in broad daylight because there are certain people who think that they could stop the Ratzon Hashem and stop the progress of what Hashem wants to put into effect. So the first one was by Nayach. And that's built in the Teva, and the Rishayim of the Dara said, ah, chutzpah, we think the world's coming to an end, you're giving us Musr. And then when he's about to go in, the Rishayim warned him, if you even try to enter when it's raining, we're going to kill you and break the Teva, and we're not going to let you go in. Which is pretty stubborn, because it's raining, and then it's raining harder, and it's raining harder. Wouldn't be a good idea to do tshuva and join him, and ask him if he has any seats that are still empty. But Rishayim, I feel the They don't do tshuva. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to attempt to go into the Teva, not in the middle of the night, but Betzim HaYemazen, uh, let's see if you can stop him. And Kahavi, he went in, and they couldn't stop him. The Mitzrayim and the Arishas also said, nobody ever leaves Mitzrayim alive, and if you try to leave, it's not going to work, and if the whole nation of Klai tries to leave, it's still not going to work, and Hashem said, I'm going to have them leave, not like enough in the middle of the night, they're going to leave in broad daylight, Betzim HaYemazen, and let's see if you can stop them, and of course, they couldn't. That was example number two. Third example was Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is being called up to Harnavoy to die. And Klai Yisrael said, we're never going to let our leader go. And if we even uh, sense that he's leaving, we're going to stop him. So Chaim asks, we understand the first two. Physically, they're going to claim and threaten that they're going to stop Noach and his family going in the Teva. They're going to stand there with their bats. And they're going to... Beat everybody up. So Hashem said, you're not going to do anything. I'm going to take him back to me. Let's see who could stop him. Mitzrayim, we understand, they had an army and they had borders and border patrols and they claimed we're going to stop him. Moshe is going to die. How do you stop somebody from dying? He said this in the context of this uh, shmooz for the schus of the briskerov. And Chaim Shalev had said, the answer is tefillah. 
that if you really understand that you need your Rebbe, and they understood they need a Moshe Rebbe, and they're going to dive it and dive it, and their Kayach HaTfilah could actually stop the Petira, as we see in Befeirish Gemara. They kept davening for Rebbe Danasi, and he was trying to die, he was supposed to die, and it was getting delayed. So his point was, for the Biskarov, we need the Biskarov, and got to keep davening and keep learning, and these Chusim will uh, hopefully stop it and delay it. That's the context of the famous Shmuz. When the content of the Shmuz got to the Biskarov, this is classic uh, Biskarov, and they actually had a discussion. Biskarov obviously had Trenzakaris Tatev, that Chaim had this uh, Sifa and spoke these beautiful words, and he obviously had uh, tremendous Akaras for the uh, initiative. However, he had a horror on the Vart. You would think, uh, why have the, the, uh, the Vart is, is Gavaldic? So Chaim said it, and the Biskarov heard it, and the Biskarov said that, quoting this Gemara and Sukkah, Akash Baruch Hu wants to get somebody to a certain place, especially to die. That was the context of the Gemara and Sukkah. So, if he has to be in place B, and he's now in place A, so just like Nayach going into the Teva and Klai Yisrael leaving Mitzrayim, the threat was, we're going to stop him physically. Hashem said, Afa Pekin, I'm going to get it done. So Chaim Shalev's Hokasha was, how do you stop someone from dying? Then Hashem is going to leave. You can't physically stop that. The Biskorov said, yes, he can, because if he has to be up there on Har Nevoi, and he's down here, and they see he's leaving, they're going to barricade and they're going to stand there and say, Rebbe, we're not letting you go. So he's asking a kasha on the, on the concept, on the kasha and Mela on the terrorists. He wasn't questioning the terrorists that Tefillah does help because the Farish Gemara would be done but in the context of this particular, it's the godless of the Akar Satay for the Vart, it's great, but Beskarov is having Machlech, is how you learn the Gemara. And Chaim answered back that the Agatha can't be learned the same as the Gemara. The Biskarov was saying it's a din in the Mokum, and you got to get to the Mokum, and they could stop him. By Aaron, they didn't know that he was going to die. They thought that he was being called up. Maybe there's an Avua being given over there. So they learned the hard way. The Aaron didn't come down. They, now they're clued in. And Moshe Benes says, going up to the mountain, they're not going to let him go. And physically, he won't be able to die because he's not in that place. And he quotes his Gemara and Sukkah. And Chaim says that's and Agadita, and you got to know how to learn Agadita's to learn different than the Halacha Gemara's, and it's not a kasha. And therefore, he holds that his point was still correct. So the Hadamachalik is in the Shmuz for the Chizik, for the Schuss, and being a bigger Schuss, I guess it was Marbet's Mortera. But a fascinating postscript uh, to that Gemara and Sukkah. It's a good question. They have to listen to the Rebbe. Moshe Rabbeinu would say, move away. Well, Rabbi Yudanasi was dying. It was very uncomfortable and probably very difficult for him to talk, but his maidservant, Amsa de Be'erebi, said just that, and they didn't listen to her, and then she went to the roof and smashed the vase, and they were startled from it, and they stopped davening. So there was, there was pushback on the pushback. You know, I have a problem every Simchastera trying to put away the last Sefer Terra by Susharm, and I seem to be pushing forward, and they seem to be pushing backwards. So, uh... <laughs> I'm not Moshe Rabbeinu, and they're not Klai Yisrael, but it seems to be they understood that they can say no, and that's considered Bekavadik. Uh, so it seems to be the meaning of Klai Yisrael. So uh, that was the Briskarov's Ha'ara on the, on the Vert and the answer of Rabchaim. Okay, so that was the city of Luz. Let's continue the first part of this parak until Pesach of Zion, which we're about to start. Again, your Marmachim is the first page. 
First part is all about what they did conquer, with some exceptions. Yushalayim, they still couldn't conquer, because they had grandchild of Avimelech that was still there, and the Shvua, they couldn't conquer it. And now the Pasa is going to give you a description of the attempt of the other Shvatim with the criticism of what they didn't accomplish. Now, I'm going to raise two points before we read this Pasuk, two very important points to think about. One is that the Pasuk already tells us in Chumash that they will not conquer everything quickly because B'der HaTeva, even though the battle is being fought, but not every battle was an open ace like when Yeshua Benun crossed the Yardim, the splitting of the Yardim, and Yericho with the wall coming down. And it was a little bit more B'der HaTeva, as you had Yerid Saderis, Moshe Benum, and even Mornisim, and then Yeshua. They still had, obviously, at the Shemaya many battles, but the Pasuk says that it's going to be slower than you would imagine because if you have open areas that are completely open and not being settled because you don't have enough people yet, Klai is going to grow, Mitzvah Shem, and grow into the land, you're going to have wild animals, and if you have that, it's not going to be safe. So therefore, the Pesach tells us ahead of time, it's not going to go that quickly. So, got to keep that in mind. They didn't therefore go slower, but part of the Taina is going to be that it was going even slower than that, and there were certain areas they didn't conquer because they had his rashless in doing the mitzvah. And certain areas weren't conquered because they didn't take seriously enough the pending disaster in Ruchnius, if you keep the game around you and the assimilation and the fact that there was Avodazar around and it's going to grow on you and you end up making treaties and all these Yisurim, they're races. You can't make treaties with them. And there's a Chiv Shama. And you gave them ample time to leave if they wanted to leave. And you told them that we're not here to kill anybody. If you want to leave, go settle somewhere else. There's plenty of room in the Middle East and in North Africa. And you stole the land in the first place. And we're coming back. And all that was done. And the next entire parak, and really all of Shaftim, is going to be about going slower than they had to against the invasion of the animals and slower than they had to, to catch their breath in between battles. And that happened because they really didn't think it was so bad. No, see, I have some guy next door, the Johnsons and, the, uh, and John Doe and all the other good people are going to be here and they're not starting up and they're paying taxes in certain situations. The person is going to describe certain times they were able to conquer but not throw them out or they didn't throw them out, and that's why later they couldn't throw them out. They were paying taxes, and they were subjugated to a degree, but they were still there, and they were not so unfriendly all the time, and Avodah started seeping in. And that was very dangerous. And by definition, the good news is we're not warlike people. And we don't... This is one of the myths that are difficult to fight a battle for years and really finish it up. But that was misplaced Rachamim, like Shaul with Agag, whatever his cheshben was, uh, Kedish Hashem, parading him around. Lamaitzu was misplaced, and there are terrible consequences. The whole period of Shaftim, which in general we have to keep in mind, we're only going to focus on the bad news. But every time they do tshuva, they're attacked by the Goyim, they're subjugated themselves, the Shaftim comes, will save them, they do tshuva, and then the Pesach will say, the land will be quiet for 40 years, for 80 years. Most of the time of the Shaftim, they're doing the right thing, and it was quiet. But overall, they didn't finish the job, and that itself was an Avera, hence the backtracking in Ruchnius, which needed Tikkun. And that's going to be the theme of much of what we see in Shaftim. Each time it happens, there are different things to learn, which is why the Pesach is Meirach on it. This is just the very beginning, the first Musa Shmuz they're going to get from Pinchas, who was a Navi. He's going to be coming in this parak, and he's going to tell them, B'Shem Hashem, that you're not living up to your 
part of the deal, so to speak, and you're not being Mekayim L'Zachayik HaNasham, you're not being Mekayim the mitzvah of conquering Eretz Yisrael, and it's having a bad effect, and it's going to seep in slowly. So that's the first thing you have to remember. They knew it would be slow, because they didn't want the Chayis Asada taking over, but it wasn't supposed to be this slow. The second... Uh, item which we're going to see in the Medayik and the Pasuk is the fact that there's a separate Isser to make a bris and there's a let's say within the Isser to make a bris is the Isser that if you don't conquer it quickly enough even if you conquer it enough to press them into service and to charge them taxes and to let them know that they're a conquered nation if they're still there that's sort of making a bris because the bris over here is that we're letting you stay that itself is the Isser making a bris with that, let's go to the Pasuk, Pasuk Chav Zayin. V'lohirish Menashe es Beishan ve'es Benoseh, Beishan and the areas around it, ve'es Ta'anoch ve'es Benoseh, ve'es Yeshve Dor ve'es Benoseh, ve'es Yeshve Yivlo'om ve'es Benoseh, ve'es Yeshve Megidoi, some of these cities sound familiar. Ve'es Benoseh, ve'yel ha'kanani l'sheves be'eretz azois, and the kanani... Not all of them, but many of them ended up staying in these areas because they didn't totally conquer it. Take a look at Rashi and Chavzayin. This is the beginning of the criticism. Siper hakasav biganusam sheschilu limo bakash baruchu shetziva son varashtem es kol yeshvei aretz. That's a chiyav a mitzvah Harashem is kol yeshvarez. You can't leave pockets of resistance, and even if not resisting now, you can't leave them around because they're a bad influence, especially if they're not even being Mekayim. The Zion Mitzvah, and Mekabal, the Zion Mitzvah, Mekabal means they were high beforehand, but officially be Mekabalit. And we'll see shortly, it's going to get dangerous when they actually fight back. Pasuk Chavches, a little bit cut off. Not like they didn't try. First, they didn't conquer them. When they got a little stronger, they conquered them enough to charge them taxes and subjugate them. But they didn't take over the land and send them away or get rid of them. And here, they didn't get rid of them to the extent even to have them out of the neighborhood. You could say there are many villages and cities in each district, so at least they got rid of them where they were settling. Here it says, There were Mamish in the same neighborhood. Now, uh, we've uh, been in America a long time, and in Gullis a long time. Well, most of Gullis, they were talking separate neighborhoods. We were in the ghetto, which had its disadvantages. The advantages were at least you didn't have people next door doing Averis and the threat of assimilation. If they left it that way, which they did, and they started getting along, that's a danger of something seeping in, even if they're not intermarrying at this point, which they certainly weren't, they were from. But the fact that the guy's burning incest to his Avodazara next door is certainly going to make a ration. Zvulun, Pasaklama, Zvulun, Lahirish, Es Yeshve, Kitron, Es Yeshve, Naolol, Vayeshve, Kanani, Bikirboy, Vayehi Lamas. So here, again, the Kananim are there. The good news is the Lamas, but they didn't get rid of them. They're still there. Asher Lahirish is Yeshve Akai, Yeshve Tzidon, Ve'as Achlav, Ve'as Achsiv. Some of these cities, the name sounds very familiar, and they're in places on the map it's hard to miss, like Akav is by the coast. Yeshve Tzidon, Ve'as Achlav, Ve'as Achsiv, Ve'as Chalba, Ve'as Apek, Ve'as Rechoiv, Ve'yeshev, 
Here, it's not the Kanani are in our neighborhood. Here, the Asheri didn't number as much. They're sitting Bekerv HaKanani. Still conquered something, but even less. Kilai Harishum. Naftali Laharish is Yeshve Be Shemesh, Yeshve Be Sanas, Yeshve Be Kerakanani, Yeshve Aritz, Yeshve Be Shemesh, Be Sanas, Hayulahem Lamas. Again, they half conquered it. They were able to dictate policy and impose the government and impose taxes. And some places they started fighting, fighting back. That's the next Pasuk in Lama Dalin. And Amari wasn't able to throw them out of the area, but they pushed them, and they were stuck on the mountain, and they couldn't even come down. And normally, when you have the mountain, you have the advantage when you're starting a battle, and they couldn't even conquer the Amic. So, interestingly enough, B'nai Dun, who often were very good uh, fighters, over here, they couldn't conquer it. Yasef came in, and they were able to conquer them enough to at least get them to be under the subjugation of the Mas, the paying taxes, and the what the Mephoshim describe is they just basically paid them to leave us alone which was like taking a bribe. If a terrorist says, you can't, that's making a treaty. You made a deal. There was an understanding. That's what was usser. They were tired. It's hard for us to get rid of people. Again, a difficult mitzvah for Yidin, but this is misplaced uh, rachamim. Well, the family, when the men are fighting, where's the rest of uh, the shvatim, uh, the family, the women and the children? Mm, they were, each city, each village they conquered, so they would probably stay in the last, last one, the old, the old frontier. Yeah, no, you, you send the soldiers ahead of time, clearly. They're not going to bring the Nashem into battle formation. Well, Yericha, they just walked in. They circled, blew the... That they didn't settle. That they actually mocked Hashem, but there was always room in between. Eretz Yisrael looks today very small on the map, but it was too big now for what they needed, which is why they're conquering it slowly. So there was... Plenty of room, and there still is plenty of room, and it's called Eretz Vib. There'll be plenty of room, lots of lava. We still have three nations never conquered, and uh, a lot of land. So they uh, they stayed behind. They were not Nashim Allah B'nei Muhammadinu. That was what we spoke about the mitzvah of Zachiris, Machiris Amalek. So the Chinna says Nashim aren't included because they're not included in the mitzvah to fight any battle. And Michas Chinna said maybe the mitzvah Zachiris to remind their husbands, and they are involved possibly in working in the computers in the back, and maybe helping the war effort in some way, they, but active combat, nobody holds there. And it's uh, it's considered, uh, besides the Losobush issues, which we had, it's considered something that's just inviting preachers, which certainly is the case if you have a co-ed army, which is part of the Tzara in Yisrael today. It's a Tzara that we hold as dangerous, the Torah highlights Tznius in the, in the battlefield, and the army base, and uh, even the secular Jews complain that no one's concentrating. So, that's a, that's a problem. Gvul Amari. Well, I have a question. Yeah. Yes. What, why does the Pesach use such a powerful ocean? Loi hoirish, loi hoirish. What it means that these, it's failing that these, they certainly did not want to do it to begin with. Uh, it's always, 
Lamaisa, the Pasuk, is criticizing it because there was something missing in their initiative and their cheshik to do it because it's hard to constantly fight wars. And that's why it's called, you know, Laherish is Lamaisa. They didn't. If you'd ask them, they'd say, no, we're working on it. It's a process, the terrorist says. That's why I was mocked them. The terrorist says you can't do it so quickly. The uh, wild animals are going to come. The criticism is Hashem knows is going on deep down. And for from people... Aveira's always like this. We're not going to blatantly do an Aveira. If you ask us, why should you do this mitzvah? Well, I, I got to sleep very late. I couldn't get up. And Shem understands. People sometimes talk like that. So if you'd ask them, they would say that we're working on it. It's a work in progress, not happening from today to tomorrow. Why are they still here? They're still here because probably in six months we'll re-initiate the campaign. Hashem said, no, it's because you're being lazy about the mitzvah and you're okay with people doing Avodah next door and you're okay with the fact they're living here and that's not doing the mitzvah correctly. So, David, you're correct. This was wrong, but if you'd ask them, they would just say, Lahirish, we didn't conquer it yet. And Hashem said, no, you're not conquering it and that you're, you're falling asleep on the job and that's the mitzvahs to do it as as Rezus is always relative, because they would say, but the Pussy says we're not going to do it in one day. That's true. There's one day, and then there's decades. So that's the problem over here. When you're from Baruch Hashem, it's not going to be a blatant Aveira, and the parameters are not going to be 100% clear. That's where Bechira comes in. A person wants to really know the MS, that's to be honest with themselves. When is it laziness, and when is it the timetable that's really proper for the mitzvah? That's the question that many people battle with every morning when there's news button rings the third time. Uh, I assume if you'd ask somebody, what are you doing? They'll say, there's a chiv de reis and a shmart I didn't get enough sleep yet. And that's true. The question is, <laughs> the battle is often fought the night before. And uh, it's always like that. No shortage of excuses. The question is, when is it real? And when is it not being honest with ourselves? That's the, that's the shayla. So it's a very, very good shayla. And they were apparently struggling with it. The uh, just one more pasuk and then we'll go on that note to some uh, Musar and the Pelayets. Lamed vav gvul amari mimala akarabim measel and apparently they came to an understanding between Amari and the Yidden that basically pushed back, and Amari made it clear, okay, you won that one, but you're not coming past this point, and that's where they were stuck, stalemated, at this point, which triggers next week in Mitzvah Shem pasuk beis, the shlichos of Pinchas coming to. Making asifa with Klai Yisrael and giving them heavy musr that the good news is you conquered a lot of land. The other news is we're not finished and we can't let this stagnate. And you are letting it stagnate. That will be the musr next week in Perak Bays. In the meantime, let's go to the Peliers. Did you, uh, did you guys get the uh, latest round of uh, Marmachemist? There's a Peliers in the back there. So that you're able to get it on the file. Yes, it's linked in the chat. Uh, <laughs> Was that? Yeah, you have it on? Okay. So Celtic is putting on the, the link on the chat. And we skipped the Pelliates last few times. We didn't have a Pelliates. And then I realized we still have our photocopy machine. So if you'll go to page Saditess in the Pelliates, I see one of our listeners over here is a Shimshon Weiss. Is that the famous uh, Shimshon Weiss from uh, Shar Shamayim fame? You can unmute. What? Famous one from uh, Beis Shemesh? There he is. Okay. I haven't seen you in a couple Shalom of years. Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. How are, How are you? You see? God, can everybody else see you or only me? When you, when you go on, everybody Amazing. else can see Zoom you? On, everybody else can zoom? Okay. So we, we welcome Shimmy. 
And um, see, move to Yisrael. Shimmy, this must be scary when we're speaking about cities that are sitting right around you. No? We just mentioned yeah, Beit Shemesh, exactly. and there you are. That's the only reason I noticed you. Saying Beit Shemesh and Shimmy Weiss, uh, that can't be. So there he is. Okay, <laughs> welcome. So good to have you with us. You see, we have, we have one share at a normal time. I assume you're joining us on ice and you're getting up at 3 in the morning, but you just didn't want to advertise it due to your great Anivas. Exactly. Okay, so welcome. Right. Uh, so let's go to Pele Yates on uh, page Sadi Tess. The bottom, speaking of getting up on time and keeping his manim. So I picked Gaara. Gaara is on the bottom here. Gaara means giving musr. Uh, Garmi is like literally screaming at somebody, which Pellier is going to point out already in his time, certainly in our time when it's gotten to Adaris. Uh, you got to know how to give Musser, and you got to know when to look annoyed with your children and with your friends, and you got to know the best way how it's going to be in this Kabul. It's always difficult because who wants Musser? And there's always immediate pushback. That doesn't mean the Musser you gave didn't work. Sometimes there's pushback and then they think about it. But you got to do it very carefully. The Pusik says, should do it first privately. You shouldn't embarrass people in front of other people if it can be done without resorting to that. And we're going to start again, page Sadi Tess, the Peliyayats. The bottom gara gara hitzricha liger ba'evri avera. On the one hand, there are times you have to give musr, and if they're doing averas in front of you, certainly barabim. And if you don't say something, people will think this is okay. Then you got to give musr. Haraya, all the neviim stood on their soapboxes. I'm not exactly sure what they stood on, but they stood on something to be heard. They were at the podium and they gave serious musr, as we will see Pinchas and Perik Bay's next week. If that has to be done once in a while, it has to be done in a strong way, but it's better if you can get away with saying it softly and approaching it, certainly with a friend. You have to start with, I struggle with this also, which you probably do, and I'm working on this, and maybe we could do it together, and Lashon uh, Hara is real, and it's a real listener, but let's work on it, and I know everybody does it, but we should still work on it, and I know everybody comes late and struggles with getting up in the morning, and all the common Yetzirahs we have, the best way to approach it, even with children, is we understand you, and we know it's difficult, and we're doing this out of Ava, and then it'll be in this Kabul. Famous Pasuk Amishle, the softy say it, the soft uh, speech and a soft way of getting it across, Ba'ava can break a bone, meaning it's strong enough to, to do the job. I'm not trying to break bones, we're trying to, the uh, Lushan over here is that if you think the only way to break bones is with a stick, you could do it softly and uh, break somebody's yetzar and help them work on it. And often, if it's done too sharp, there's just going to be more pushback. There's some Heliket Sadikim who are Makabal Musar very quickly, but usually the Heliket Sadikim need less Musar. Uh, I think uh, Mrs. Alan Meltzer was once giving a shmooz in Yushalayim, and the Barrier Levine was in, the Tzadik Barrier Levine was in attendance, that's Rabbi Yosher Shver. And it came up, he was giving Musser about uh, Shalom Bayis, and you have to uh, speak very softly to your wife, and you have to be very nice and always show Akara Sataiv. And uh, Ravi Levine, with, by the end of the shmooz, was crying, and he went over to Ritzel Zalman, and he said, thank you so much, I really needed that shmooz. The one person in the crowd <laughs> who probably uh, didn't need it, but he understood that there's always room for improvement. So uh, this is uh, particularly apropos uh, most of the world is uh, 
living in close quarters, so sometimes most of it is needed, and the children have to be woken up, and the boys have to get the first seder, and today's the first day of the Zman, even though the Zman's been going on the whole time. And uh, things have to be done, but you have to know how to get it across. The first thing is you got to wake up yourself, uh, which everybody listening over here obviously got up in a timely fashion this morning. And uh, you got to know, despite the fact that there's a lot going on, um, you have to keep cool and not do it begara. To check the battery on the, uh, I saw a red beep. Is the battery on the on the external mic still okay? Yeah. Still picking me up over there. But I saw a red beep. So maybe check it afterwards. Okay. Um, we'll finish in a minute. Pellier says today's generation, a lot of people are not makabel correct gara correctly, and they don't really understand what you're trying to do. And you have to show more more ava and say it even. More softly, and if you have a, a sweet, sweet tongue, a sweet palate, and you're able to get it across in a loving way, that ultimately will have a stronger effect. As he mentioned, the Pusik says, to make sure not to embarrass them. And when it can be attempted, and is not in front of anybody, that's the better way to do it. Somebody asked me recently, again, the Shadlis come up even more when everybody's at home, but want to know what age should Chinuch start? Uh, I have my four-year-old always coming to tell me all the hideous activities of my two-year-old. So when should I tell them about Lashon Hara? So four and two is before Chinuch, both of them. And you probably can't say much, but she gets to five, six. You start saying, you don't have to report. We'll see. We'll get to her. And she's only two and it's age appropriate. And then I'm sure you're dealing with it. Your 10-year-old will come to tell you the uh, activities of, of your eight-year-old. And they're both a Gil Chinuch. But whatever you do, the first message is, unless somebody is getting hurt, you don't have to come and tell me every time. Because a 10-year-old might not be able to lishma, stay over Lashon Hara about their kid brother. So they can't necessarily fulfill all the five conditions of the Chavetz Chaim. That's first of all. And then, even if you have to attend to it, it doesn't have to be in front of his brother. So then you take the child aside and you give the Musser in a nice way, but not in front of the person who just tattled on him. Next page. If it's done by Rabbim and it, you're causing embarrassment, and that embarrassment was not necessary. Certainly, if you start a fight in shul, it's not necessary. If the person pushes back, it's going to be a fight. That's one good example. You have to give Musa on the spot. And Chor tried, and they killed him, unfortunately. That doesn't mean Chor was wrong, Chor was right, and he died al-Kiddush Hashem. Aaron saw that if they just killed him, he wasn't afraid to die al-Kiddush Hashem, but he saw if it wouldn't work. That's why he was trying to play for time and just delay them, and he pretended like he was cooperating, which in hindsight uh, didn't work too well either, and Aaron, despite his great intentions, had some inish from that. He meant well. Uh, that's an example where you have to put your foot down and perhaps they wouldn't have killed him and they would have seen that if all the G'day are against it, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. But Lamaisa, 
He uses that example because that's where the heaviest Musa was given. And you have to try to figure out the best way to go forward without increasing the Machlaikis, which again is a daunting task, you see, with Chor and Aaron. Hareza Daima. You know, you want to clean the bag, you don't want to get bleached too much, and you're trying to retire somebody, and it's matami asatara, matari asatame. It's a very, very difficult process to get an exact balance. If try, trying to be misaka him, you get an avera, that's not the way to do it either. If it can't be done, and you tried privately, you tried a number of times, and he's still doing it, Barabim is having an effect on other people, you do have to say something, Barabim. And we're going to get to that in Mitzvah Shem in the next period. But Lamaisa, it has to be attempted, and you have to really think, like any mitzvah, you approach the mitzvah, their parameters, you have to know the halachas before you put it into operation. And this is something that does come up, and the halachas have to be applied in the proper way with the proper people, and it's a sliding scale depending who you're talking to. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we will continue Monday night with the Chavala Shir and the Navi Shir Mitzvah Shem next week.